So then, we endure. We somehow <laughs> continue. Just don't ask me how or why it is as it is. <laughs> so today, I wanted to just share a few stories in relation to this question, what is genius? And I'll try and share what I have without forgetting too much of what I intend to share. <laughs> but of course, that's always down to chance in some ways, if not luck or the draw of potentiality and actualization. So, when I was in university studying jazz piano, I was talking about one of my favorite favorite musicians, which was Keith Jarrett. And I was saying, "Ah, oh, he's he's a genius. Absolute genius. Incredible genius." And one of my lecturers, my teachers, said, Oh no, Keith Jarrett's not a genius. And I was so taken aback, I was just thought, What? How can you say that? Have you not heard his music? And of course he had heard his music. He knew all about Keith Jarrett and his, well, his brilliancy. <laughs> and my lecturer said, Well, no, because... There's not enough room in music for genius. And I said, well, what about Miles Davis? Is he a genius? Who is a genius? Is Mozart a genius? And he, well, he just reiterated. He said, no, I'm saying that because there's not enough room in music for genius. And that also really didn't sit with me. I didn't understand, like, what does that mean? It is the most incredible thing to hear the music of Keith Jarrett. It is just, it's genius. And later on, many years later, I sort of started to, to see where my teacher was coming from. I sort of started to get a sense of, well, what he was hinting at in a way. Not that I entirely agreed with his take on this word genius. And at that time in my life, there was also this thing with my friends where we would say to each other, oh, oh, genius, right? It was sort of like one of those little catchphrases, those little pronunciations that you call out. Genius, genius, right? Like this, the enthusiasm, the, the push, and we'd argue, oh, that guy's a genius, and say, oh, no, that guy's not a genius. Oh, he, is that genius? Maybe he's almost, maybe that was almost genius, right? And it's sort of funny to think about, like, <laughs> the back and forth. And what's really going on there is just this incredible admiration, this incredible connection with someone's presence it's not a far enough it's not far enough to say 
appreciation of what they do, right? This word appreciation doesn't go deep enough. To to sense the magnitude of what that person is, is profoundly moving. It's awe-inspiring. That's really what we meant by genius. And that was my experience of Keith Jarrett. That is my experience of Keith Jarrett. It is just... It's so vast. It's so colorful. It's so intricate. There's so many stories. There's so many moments. There's so many realizations and almost otherworldly sensory experiences happening with that music. And it's sort of funny that these days, well, now someone who is a genius is actually the name of the person that fixes your computer at your computer store. So if you go in to get service done on your laptop, there's a chance they'll say, oh, you have to go up to the, you have to go and see a genius technician. And uh, <laughs> and this genius technician is part of a team of, you know, a dozen people <laughs> who are qualified for that level from which there are multiple levels, <laughs> right? And you sort of think in that, well, I mean, what what does this word genius become? And really, it's not it's not a very good word. It's not a very good word in so many ways. It doesn't illustrate really what that magnitude of admiration feels like. But the fact of the matter is that there are human beings that have something that is such an outlier of skill. And I I don't think skill is even the right word. It's it's presence or vision or, 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 or effect on the larger culture. And those people, well, they rise to prominence in so many ways. And in fact, that is another sort of metric that we need to bring into this picture of genius, which is which people in culture are rising to the top. And I don't mean just to the top in terms of monetary value. I mean, not even also in terms of limelight or attention, although that is sort of a metric to be aware of. It's like, well, who who have you heard about that inspires in you this feeling of awe? Or really, the feeling of inspiration. <laughs> who inspires your inspiration? Or who is your inspiration? Who is the inspiration to the masses? Because, of course, we do have celebrities who are, in so many ways, not genius. And in fact, in the culture itself, in mainstream culture, this little fact is even played upon. It's even served up to you, right? This is a stick that happens in mainstream Hollywood movies where 
you have the star, the famous actor or the famous musician or some sort of celebrity, and they're dumb. And they have all this attention and all this money, but they're in this movie. Hang on a second, my my battery is, uh, on the camera is dying, so just give me a second. All right, where was I? So you have this celebrity and they are dumb. And that fact is being served up to you, right? So you can be sitting in your cinema watching the movie and seeing this character who is the character of someone so dumb and yet so famous. And your experience of that is like, wow, that person is so dumb. That person is such an idiot. That person is so overrated. And yet that experience has been constructed for you to relate to that character. Because relating to a character (laughs) is not just, oh, feeling inspired by them, right? You can feel better than them. You can feel more more entitled or more like outraged at the injustice of I don't know if injustice is really the right word. Maybe inequality isn't really the right word. I mean, these are sort of problematic words for many reasons. To see the difference, right? That is what's going on. To see the difference between you and someone else. To see the difference between you and someone who is in the limelight and exalted by culture but for reasons unbeknownst to you. <laughs> and I'm I'm very guilty of this, right? I'm very much I'm very much shocked at the idiocy of some of our celebrities. I can very easily relate to that. I can very easily get sucked into that. And conversely, right, there are people who we've never heard about And they don't have huge money. They don't have huge limelight. They don't have celebrity status. They're not A-listers of any sort. And yet have this incredible genius. This profound genius. And really, you can see when you get to this sort of level, it's like, well, the the word genius, it's... It doesn't do enough heavy lifting, right? This is almost like how do you how do you use a spanner to change a car tire? Well, you need more than just a spanner. Because skill is one thing and then creative flair is another, right? In the case of Keith Jarrett, he has skill and creative flair. And in the case of a celebrity, well, they have creative flair, but they also have high exposure. And in the case of a entrepreneur or a business person, well, they have something else again. And they're in the genius category for a different reason. And what I'm talking about is these people who have a presence that when you encounter completely changes your whole notion of what's possible for life. 
they radically alter your sense of what is good, your sense of what you should be striving for, your sense of what is the best for you. Because that's really what a lot of these celebrities and geniuses inspire, right? Because when, when you see someone like that, that, that's what it was like for me. When I saw Keith Jarrett and I heard his music, it was like, ah, that is, that is the best thing that I can do. I can play music just like that, that I can aspire to that. And so many people get sucked into that for the celebrities, right? Famous, rich lifestyle. That's the best that you can do for yourself. That is the best life possible. And yet this other kind of genius that I'm trying to get towards, this unsung hero, this unsung genius that we don't hear about, it it completely changes all of those mainstream ideas that you have. And it's not even a matter of skill. It's not even a matter of art. It's not even a matter of music and creativity and drawing and painting and poetry. And it's not even a matter of outlook or personality, right? Because you can say someone is a genius in their outlook, in their behaviors, in their relationships, in their psychology, in the way that they think, right? You can, you can admire someone for their intellect. And yet there's a genius which is beyond all of that. It's so much further. It's outside of the realm of anything that we can use to analyze it or understand it or explain it to ourselves. And in some ways, that's that's always the case with the genius, right? When I hear Keith Jarrett, I think, how does he do that? I don't have any idea how he does it. And then I learn, oh, okay, so it's major scales or it's upper structure triads or it's a tritone substitution or it's a rhythm changes or it's this sort of rhythmic pattern. And then I'm learning the mechanics. But that difference of, oh, I have no idea is always there. And really, really, when you go into this, when you take this as a thing of, okay, who is it that I'm admiring? And how do I get closer towards that as a kind of journey? And you walk that journey for some time, you actually come out of this idea of genius. You actually learn enough mechanics and encounter enough inspiration that you end up seeing more and more genius in more and more people. Because this flattens, right? Instead of saying there's... Because you can say like, okay, this word genius, we're going to reserve that term for only the very highest of the high of the best of the best people. There's only a few geniuses that ever come along in any age, right? And that, that's one approach. But then there's the other 
thing that happens, which is when this flattens and you realize there's genius in everyone. Now, this phrase, there's genius in everyone, we really have to be careful now because you're following this along, because we're exploring the different aspects to this. I know you understand what I'm saying. When we say there's genius in everyone, it's probably better to say that encountering a person is a way of revealing to yourself something new. And the cliche side of this is you say, well, understand other people's perspectives. Ugh. Jeez, get out of here. I hate that phrase. <laughs> that's that's got to be one of the most impoverished phrases <laughs> that we've got. It's, it's even worse than genius in so many ways. Understand other people's perspectives. Understand where other people are coming from. Ah, shut up, right? How hollow are those words? How useless is that as a guiding principle? And yet there's a reason why we have that, right? There's a reason why this phrase, understand other people's perspectives, is there. It's because we really do need to do that. We really do need to discover things from other people's directions, other people's vantage points. And the hard thing about that is what they say about you. The rubber hits the road when they give their opinion of you. Because this phrase, others understand other people's perspectives, always has this thing of, oh, I'm going to sit here with my ideas and you sit there with your ideas and we're going to very delicately just compare the two and respect each other and listen and take on ideas and it's very happy-go-lucky, simple, easy, very peaceful. When really the rubber hits the road, the real work, the real confronting thing is when you, you're actually turning it a, a, like almost like against each other. Almost like you're, you're going directly. It's, it, it's personal, right? It's not a matter of worldview or ideas. It's, a, it's actually personal. Like what does someone actually think about you, your personality? Like I'm not, I'm not sharing my opinion or my vantage point on your worldview or your ideas, I'm actually sharing my vantage point on you, on your personality. And of course, this is sort of a two-way thing. This is something that you see as a dynamic, flowing, changing experience. And when you go into it, it is hard, it is difficult, it is confronting. But you then build the skill which allows you to connect more deeply with people and to see more of what other people are. And then you, you actually are 
seeing things from other people's perspectives. And when you do that deeply, then you can see that there is a genius in that. There is something completely unique. There is something intelligent in each and every person. Another side of this is to say, well, we all have genius, but we don't develop it. We all have genius, but we're not in touch with it. We all have genius, but we don't bring it to the front of our being. And the same can be said of talent and intelligence and awareness. And maybe that's true. I think there's quite a lot of validity in that. It's it's even possible for someone to see genius in someone else when they don't even see it within themselves. Right? If I walk up to you and say, hey, you've, you've actually got a lot of talent. There's quite a bit of talent that you have in a particular area. Then, well, you need to believe that. <laughs> and it might be hard for you to hear that. Because, of course, the other thing is, well, you know, what, what am I supposed to do with my genius? You know, may, maybe I am a genius. So what? You know, doesn't help me pay the bills. You know, there can be a, a kind of bitterness to <laughs> the unsung genius. And if that's the case, well, then that means, oh, okay, so there's, there's something else we need to work on. There's something blocking talent and flow in work that is not exactly clear. And I, I really do feel that there's, there's always going to be people who are outliers. There are going to be people who are just astronomical. And some of those people are in the limelight. Some of those people aren't. And with those people, well, we learn. We listen, right? What is the intelligent thing to do? Bask in their glory. Enjoy them. Right? What is the right thing to do with Keith Jarrett's music? It's to put it on and listen to it. <laughs> in the case of music, it's very... It's very easy in some ways, in art or music, because, because the genius is apparent and it's right there and it's very much devoid of personality and conscious, the, the individual consciousness that it came from. But the same thing is true for people who are geniuses of personality, of intellect, of consciousness and awareness. Those people, well, we put them on and we listen to them. We listen to them talk. And we celebrate their genius. And we learn from them. We just enjoy that wisdom. And understand you're, you're never going <laughs> to be, to be discouraging, right? You know, a few moments ago I was telling you about your talent. Now I have to say, well, sorry, but you're never going to be as genius as these geniuses. 
you know, I'm never going to be as good as Keith Jarrett. And and neither are you. <laughs> You're never going to top Keith Jarrett. In fact, it's going to be a very long time before someone comes along that can even come close to what Keith Jarrett did. And when you think about it like that, you think, well, he's a treasure of humanity. He's a treasure of this global phenomenon that is human beings being alive. And yet, also, it's something that could be said of you yourself that you existed at all, right? We, com- we compare ourselves to these extravagant people. We compare ourselves to these outliers. It's, it's, very, it's very humbling. It's a little bit burdensome. It's a little bit discouraging even in a little, in a little bit of a way. And yet the same thing is, is true for you because if we go, say we go in the other direction, Right? Instead of instead of the outliers in like higher dimensions, what about in lower dimensions? And I mean higher and lower is probably not the best way to put it, but if we go in the other direction, then all right, here here's how you do this, right? This is this is how you can actually practically get in touch with this. And this is an experiment or a sort of thought experiment. What you do is you go out and you find a pebble or a rock. And you pick up the rock. Maybe you find it on the beach. Maybe you find it in the bush somewhere. Maybe you find it just anywhere, right? You just have to find a rock. And you pick it up. And you say, okay, here's a rock. Now, what's, what's the difference between me and this rock? What... What can I do that this rock cannot do? Right? It, it, it's so absurd. It's so difficult to be like, okay, well, where would you even begin to analyze that? Right? Like, is the rock flexible? Is the rock articulate? Is the rock strong? Is the rock motivated? Does the rock have autonomy? You know, like <laughs> these, these sort of normal self-assessment things that we put in ourselves are just absolutely out of this world when we put them onto a rock. And autonomy is a good one, right? When we talk about free will, this is a classic sort of debate in philosophical circles, which, you know, it's been done to death. It's a little bit old, really. But just just to take that as an example, like, does a rock have free will? Does a pebble have free will? Well, compared to a human being, no. And does a human being have free will? Well, compared to a, a, a rock, well, hell, hell yeah, you know, a human being can, can walk around, it can, you know, like, 
go over the place. It can, you know, that rock's not going to move unless someone comes along and picks it up. Or some forces of nature hit it around somehow. And that difference, like like compared to a rock, your the the color and dynamism, dynamic nature of your existence is is astronomically genius. It's it's so far off the charts by any measure that we put onto it. Whatever what ever system of analysis on any level that we put onto you, whether it's perception or emotion or movement or depth or right anything, you you are just astronomically genius beyond a rock. Now, some of the time, or sort of in the furthest sense of this visualization, you actually compare yourself to non-existence. So you say you you exist, and then you compare what it is for you to not exist. And that's sort of the, the, the next step beyond comparing yourself to a rock, <laughs> right? What if What if we compare yourself to something that doesn't exist at all? And that's sort of just a different version of this same visualization. I mean, I like I like the rock because it is an object. It is something that, well, it boggles the mind. And really, the question it comes back to is, what are you? Because all of this is not to say that you don't have your, I mean, you, ha- you have your imperfections. You're, you're not without your problems. You're not without the things that you wish you could change about your life. You're not without the things that are actually quite not very nice. Personality traits relational habits, things that you say, neediness, desperateness, hurt that you then project out, discomfort, desires, impulses, right? That's not to say, like, it's not to say, oh, yes, we are all beautiful flowers, right? That that perspective is also not quite right. But at least by comparing yourself to a rock, you can see more of your dynamic nature. And by aspiring to these geniuses, these Keith Jarretts, these Miles Davises, well, then we can open to more of our own personal genius and see what they inspire into us. And take note as to who you put as your admirers, like who it is that you admire actually says a lot about yourself. And that should be something that's changing. That should be something that's evolving. Right? Since I 
loved Keith Jarrett. I've opened to many other geniuses. I've found so many brilliant minds. And I wish that more to continue for myself and for anyone else who's brave enough to embark on that journey. So those are a few thoughts on what is genius. <laughs> so thanks very much for tuning in. And we'll be back soon with more. <laughs>